0: Welcome back to the Price All Podcast, this is Mike. In September of 2019 at the Mr. Olympia convention, Ben and I interviewed none other than John Meadows and this is one of the best interviews we ever had. He goes over so much stuff, well beyond his Granite Supplements line, but also talks about fitness and training and his personal stories, some of the crazy stuff. That he did to himself and then some of his uh, accolades as a coach. There there's some people out there who are researchers and scientists and they they are book smart and then there's some people who are just incredible coaches or incredible athletes and they have the anecdotal experience and then there's John Meadows who has probably more of both than anyone, and that's why he's one of our favorites. He tells us some stuff that is just so fascinating. You've got to listen to the whole conversation. One little issue is that we had an audio blip where we lost uh, some pretty good content towards the end. We ran out of batteries on this one, but we recovered to get enough uh, of the finish, and, man, John is, is the best, and that's why we love him so much. So with no further ado, John Meadows from Mr. Olympia in 2019.
1: What's up Price Foundation? It is September, Friday the 13th, and we managed to get lucky today and to get John Meadows in to talk a little bit about everything and anything. Uh, we're at the 2019 Olympia, sitting down to talk about
0: Grant supplements, his lifestyle. We're to shoot the shit and see where it takes us. Yeah, so, for sure. So welcome <laughs> to Price Player. John, thanks again for joining yeah,
2: us. Yeah, man. I, I love it. My pleasure.
0: Yeah, so we, we last talked to the Natural Body Inc., and I kind of threw you a curveball, and I was like, hey, what have you learned in the last year? And we'll link back to that video. <laughs> I honestly, we, talk, we talked about business, and that was a great thing. A, yeah. a lot of people appreciate that because yeah. there's a thousand videos of you t- telling us how to train legs and everything. <laughs> you not know, always hear the other side. But but here, yeah, I wanted to get back to let's talk Granted Supplement. This is a supplement channel. So um, we were talking about some ingredients this morning, and, uh, and you brought up a, a couple interesting points about. Oh, a stimulant-free pre-workouts and like hitting different nitric oxide pathways. So mm-hmm. let's like get back into Granite supplements and just talk a little bit about um, what you see coming down the line. Yeah, and how you're absolutely. Gonna get people pumped
2: up, absolutely. Well, you know the interesting thing, and um, I tell my team this: that supplements to me, like the industry, is a game of momentum, and we really haven't had any new stuff because we we struggled in our second year and we were working so hard to kind of stay afloat that we weren't in a position to do anything special with any kind of product or add to the you know to what we were doing so we've had a really good year this year so now we're in a position where okay now we can do some stuff that we wanted to do last year but we just couldn't but now we can so one of the things we're doing is um, we're going to launch a protein powder we just put the po in with the manufacturer last week actually and it's a blend it's a blend of concentrate isolate casein uh beef and egg, beef, um, uh, and you know it's 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 always an interesting discussion when you talk about whey. You know, there's like these camps, like there's the whey isolate camp that says concentrate is trash, and there's the whey concentrate camp that says isolates too, it's too, you know, they put it through too much processing. And mm-hmm. I think both of them have their merits, and I think that with whey concentrate, I think it's a high quality protein. I mean, if you look at like the percentage, yeah, there's a higher percentage of protein in isolate, but of course, because you have a little bit of fat and a little bit of carbs in the concentrate, mm-hmm. but you still have a lot of the sub-fractions in place, right. you know, which I think is really good. Um, so I, what I wanted to do was a nice blend. We put some casein in there too, um, you know, just, just for the gastric emptying, foods, just to keep it moving longer. and. You know, and I'm kind of an old school beef and egg guy too, just honestly. And so I wanted to put that in there too. So we have a we have a blend coming out that I'm super excited about. And plus, you know, a lot of people these days. I was talking about this in my face group the other day. So somebody asked what the best protein powder was, and I said the one that doesn't upset your stomach because I feel like um, I feel like protein powders now upset so many people's stomachs. And excuse me sorry about that I apologize <laughs> so I was somebody brought up a specific brand and I said I used to love that brand I loved it I, I had it after every workout and then one day it started making me my books bloating and all that and then the person said well roughly when was that and I said well it was this time frame and they said well they changed the company was purchased by somebody else and they changed soon as I think you run into that where you have um, manufacturing maybe it's some products you just don't know what you're getting so I so anyways long story short what I wanted to tell you was I've added some protease some digestive enzymes in it to help with digestion because I think like if were to say you know what's the issue with protein powder I think probably digestion is is one of the uh, bigger problems so I want to make sure we we nailed that help your help your body digest it so I'm really excited about that And we've been playing with some other formulas too we have um so we, as we've gotten bigger this year and things have gotten better, we've been able to put in more, bigger orders so when we have to reorder uh, recovery or whatever the product is, we can actually buy more units at once, which means we get a little better deal. So my business partners and I were talking and the thought was, oh, hey, finally we can make some money, have a little margin, a little extra margin, but then we all kind of looked at each other and said, well, our vision is we want to be really good, really respected, um, we're, we want to leave a legacy, you know, um, and you know, if you look at like our products, like the, the, the premium, the pre-workout, and the recovery, those are a little bit more on the expensive side. Right. And those are our top sellers because when people take them, they're like, wow, this is actually really good. I don't mind paying an extra $5. that's
0: what people expect from John Meadows, or right? any John Meadows brand. Yeah. I think premium, like premium YouTube channel, premium products. Yeah,
1: so that, yeah. When John came into supplements, it was very different. We've seen a lot of influencer brands, a lot of influencer-owned brands, but uh, like, like personally, um, the, mountain, the mountain training book and the diet book both helped me learn a lot of what I know today. So when you came into it, I was like, this is another learning opportunity. Someone who has actually worked the ranks as a successful coach, a helpful coach, coming into supplements, I felt like it was be a lot more honest. So I think a lot yeah. of people really felt that watching your, your price. I mean, and it's obvious they're not cheap products. You look at the fit, the supplement tax panel. It's, it's all shown there.
2: So. Well, you know, and I just never wanted to get into the the uh race to the bottom game i think is what people call it the cheap 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 i i don't want i don't want anything to do with that i, want, I don't want to be associated with that and um and like i'm not you know a lot of these guys that compete to get in uh, the supplement industry they're just kind of a face for the brand but i i want to be a part of it i want to be a part of the formulas i want to under i want to understand everything because you know i came from a corporate background and i ran projects for chase and these were Know, five, ten, fifteen million dollar projects—the biggest projects at J.P. Morgan Chase. So, like, I like this. I actually, I want to know what what's going on here, and I want to know what this is and that stuff. So, the business part is uh, is also very interesting to me.
1: I think everything you've done though kind of showed that like your your trading programs are not cheap. That we for nope. premium because <laughs> they were premium products, yep. right? I think like your legacy shows that time. And I, it made sense. But you Something.
0: So, okay. right. So yeah, it kind of derailed you a little bit. But you're talking about, okay, there's potential for higher margins, but you're like, wait a minute. You backed up and said, yeah, no, what, what are we going to yeah. do instead then?
2: Yeah, so we looked at um, the products where we were saving a little bit of money, and in some cases, we were saving a uh, dollar a unit, in some cases, a dollar fifty a unit. And we're like, okay, a dollar fifty, that gives us some money to get add another ingredient, not just throwing ingredients in, but something that would work well. Mm-hmm so we've got something we want to do with the premium right now we've got two ingredients we're thinking about adding into it and uh, we haven't made the final decision but i think when you see it you'll be like wow that's kind of crazy um in the recovery um probably going to add phosphatidylserine to it um yeah. to go with the sensorol and just you know I, I like that product i like managing stress and recovery and that the sleep ingredient yeah i mean it's just i think that'll be a good overall add to the recovery part of it so that's not a cheap ingredient and um, what we're looking to put into premium is not a cheap ingredient so we've got the the protein powder coming then we're gonna make some enhancements to a couple of the formulas and then we want to do the non-stem pump uh, product as well down the road and we're starting to look at functional foods now as well wow. and uh, I was meeting with my friends who you probably know this morning and uh, we were talking about Certain types of foods that we could, um, and that interests me too. Man, I go to, I go to, actually, I actually go to a vitamin shop and I buy all these different foods to get for my kids because I want my kids like they don't like to eat protein, so I'm like trying to sneak protein in their diet. they The only one they the only thing they like is they like going to sushi places and having a bocce steak with oh, me good. they do like that and and actually my big kid I was interaction can eat more than me, so he 's ten years old, you know he eats me but um so I kind of like uh, you know some some protein you know that whole that whole hey, piece of the business well already. yeah yeah you know i was uh, I was affiliated with um best bar ever and uh you know they were purchased by uh, nature 's bounty but uh what mike was doing uh that at best bar ever was awesome those bars were phenomenal man. yeah i saw buying them
1: when they went stay uh like store stable i really enjoyed the refrigerated
2: ones yeah they had to be refrigerated yeah didn't
0: they, yeah, they it was did a challenge for mm. stores but we
2: liked it so. yeah man those were those were great that was that's a that's a, i'm glad you brought that up that's a good example of something that was a really good food um, yeah,
0: i
1: enjoyed it. i
2: I still got a freezer that's got about, I still got about 300 of them at home in a freezer. Try
1: to watch out, people to come get you. I know. So, uh, you said something this morning that I wanted to bring back up, because it was an interesting word choice. You are talking about pump products and redundancy. Uh, we talked a little bit, I don't, we probably don't want to talk, talk too much about the ingredients that you're planning on YouTube, but you talked about other products and how some of the ingredients that they're putting together in those are redundant.
2: They're redundant.
1: So I thought it was kind of an interesting. I've never seen anyone say it, that way. Before. Could you talk a little bit about your research in pump and mm-hmm. what you found, you know, kind of how you're planning you to
2: bring it up? Yeah, I mean, if you look at like a pump product, you know, you got to provide some substrate. You got to provide something that maybe dilates blood vessels. Maybe you have to have something that prevents them from constricting. And if you look at ingredients um, like the lacto-tripeptides, um, what's it called vasodrive. Like, that has a lot of research behind it. I mean, I don't know how many papers it has, but a lot. And they were, were the
0: first to have it. We that launched we, that we ever blogged about. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah we were the first to, um, and so that's good chance you're gonna see that again. But there's, you know, we're trying to find something and okay, we're gonna, and we have it. So let's provide substrate, let's do this, and this pathway, so instead of just saying, okay, we're gonna put these two things in here because we know they work. Well, they both do the same thing. Right. So let's make sure that we're, the product actually makes sense. Right. So I'm pretty excited about that too. We're finalizing it, probably be finalized in the next month.
1: I, I feel like you bring some logic to yeah. the table.
2: Everything like is fine. common sense to me, yeah. like,
1: you know? Uh,
2: training kind of, is that way, Nutrition's that way. This is. A,
1: it's kind of ironic because I, I kind of see the way you think about it because I think about it kind of similar to the way that your training works. Like a lot of people are just like, for some, what's a good pump ingredient? Let's throw all of that in the powder. That's like saying, like, what's a good exercise? Let's do all of that. You know, <laughs> the way that I always read that you structured your training was your pre-pump, your heavy compound, your isolation, you know, your kernel pump. Yeah. Like you yeah. picked specific motions and specific rep ranges and you paired them together in a synergistic way. Yeah, yeah you're not just gonna show up and do 10 sets of 10 on squats, 10 sets of 10 on deadlifts, 10 sets of 10 on leg extensions just because they're all good. Right. And I, I felt like, when you were, t- you were talking about that with the pump Right this morning, all the stuff you kind of talk about is it, like logic. It just makes sense.
2: Just makes sense, man. And that's like with training, you know, a lot of the things I say, I work with a lot of people who tell me my joints have never felt so good. Well, logically it made sense to me to move the, the, the compound movements, the stress soft tissue to later in the workout, right? That's not rocket science, but nobody ever did that. In fact, I remember the first time I did incline, I remember the first time I did dumbbell presses before a barbell press, I remember like looking around hoping nobody saw me. I mean, I was the world gym East and I was going to do incline dumbbell presses. And I took a little bit of solace in the fact that I saw Chris Diggerson do him first at once. I was like, well, he was a Mr. Lumpy. So I'm literally looking around like I hope nobody sees me doing dumbbells first. Because it was beat into our head. You've got to do your compound movement first. This piece of your nervous system and this high threshold motor unit, blah, 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 blah. Um, but anyway, so it just made sense to me after like nearly 30 pectares, that it might not be a good idea to come out of the gate bench and heavy. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. common sense.
1: And it was funny because like when I read your ebooks or when I was reading the you're using so much more, I would read things and I'd be like, Yeah, that makes sense. Why didn't anyone else say that? Like <laughs> I was like this all like it, like everyone thinks they have like the magic answer. I'm like, Well, this is really just logical. And, and, yeah. Yeah. Exactly that. I train uh, conjugate self for powerlifting. Yeah, 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 But still, you know, it's the same idea. Like, yeah. I mean, you've kind of a pre-pump, a warm-up type. You know, to start out with dumbbell bench, goes uh-huh. straight to the flat barbell, and then afterwards it's a lot of bodybuilding. Movements.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: You know, it's like people see me doing it in the competing and competing in powerlifting, and like that doesn't make sense. And, like. It makes safer. it makes sense to me yeah and yeah the track records working I haven't torn effect yet <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. They, there's the piloters now man they're moving incredible weights but what'll be interesting to see is how many of them can survive for long yeah. you know because they're just it's incredible you know you see these guys that are 180 pounds lifting and like they're doing weight that I couldn't even comprehend doing I'm yep. like man that just doesn't make sense man
1: I think that we're really lucky and that we have social media content he has ripped every muscle in his body so that I don't have to. Like I can learn so Twice. much. Twice. Yeah, yeah. He's broken bones, like, I, I, and I don't have to yeah. because I can learn from people like that. It, it, you know, it's not that fun. but it, it, it's true that you know, you put that content up there and now we can learn and train a little bit smarter. Yeah. So, and I've always kind of felt like uh, I've said it a lot, like bodybuilders could train a lot more like powerlifters, and powerlifters could eat a lot more like bodybuilders. I think that your training style kind of brought that
2: to life. Absolutely, man. I, I mean, I remember in '94, uh, '95. I remember when I went over to Louis at Westside Barbell, and I loved it. Yeah, I loved it, man. I mean, it was awesome. Like I couldn't. I lived on the east side of town. What I did was, I got on my old Renault Alliance that had a bent frame, so it drove like this, and uh, it was probably illegal to be on the road. But I remember driving to West Side and I would get in there and I'd say, you know, what do you want me to do Louie? And Louie'd say, Do this, 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 and this. I loved it. Yeah. I would do it. I'd say, Thanks, Louie. I'd get in my car, i drive from the west side back over to the east side of town and I'd go to Worlds. And like say it was a leg day, a squat day, then I would go to Worlds. I'd literally drive as fast as I could, pull into the parking lot, and almost like run in there trying to because I'm still warmed up. Yeah. Okay, load the leg press up, as fast as you can. Um, and so then I would like finish it with bodybuilding and stuff. Yeah. You know, leg presses and and I always asked Louis. I said, "Should I stop doing leg presses?" And he was like, "No, you're a quad. You squat with your quads. Why would you do that?" Yeah. And um, I was like, "Well, nobody else does." And he goes, "Yeah, but look how they squat. You're straight up and down with the high bar, and these guys are low bar. Like, they need to be working their lower back. You stay on your quads. That's good. You'll be able to squat 900 uh, in a year, the way you're squatting now. So it was really fun. I loved yeah. it." The thing I love bodybuilding. I think those two can definitely work together.
1: Yeah, we see people like very Williams doing it
2: right now. Crazy that, stuff. Like,
1: Pro card, but
2: yeah. the
0: fact that you can be
2: competitive, though, it's a pretty cool Yeah, build. yeah, it's very
0: cool. You mentioned eating like a bodybuilder. I, I would like to know what you meant by that. But we were also talking about John's. Well, John's eating has definitely changed. <laughs> you're, what did you say for 30 years? You're eating six meals a day, and or a
2: lot of. I, you know, for at least at least 20 years, I had six meals a day, and never missed a meal. Like there might have been like a time when I was like maybe had the flu and I was in bed. But I mean consciously saying, I'm not going to eat. Like, I was that consistent. Same thing with training. Like, probably 20-some years. I honestly don't remember any instance where I just said, I don't feel like training. I'm not going to go in today. Now, I might have been scheduled time off or something like that. But I don't remember saying, I'm not going to do this. Even if I didn't feel good. It's still getting to the gym. Even if, even if I didn't want to eat one of those meals. So I was very disciplined. So after my last contest two years ago, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to eat what I want to eat, man. <laughs> and
0: and then mess you up a little bit in the head.
2: Dude, it was like Shawshank Redemption. I just got out, man, I was like, "Oh, this is great." This was it was like I got out of prison. And I wasn't watching my Okay, I got 2 hours for my next meal. Okay, now we're down to 90 minutes. I never look at a, I don't look at a clock anymore. I don't I couldn't tell you how many meals I have. And what's and I just kept waiting for the muscle just to kind of fall off of me. Right and you know and I had went to TRT doses with the chemicals for two years now, and less food and I just kept waiting. Okay, well I'm going to start shrinking up and I really didn't. I'm I'm 225 now, which is what I was pretty much the last four years of my competing. I would I would start my diet at like 227 and compete at 225, and um, I just like it goes to show you the value of hard training. And I think people grossly overestimate how much muscle you can maintain. I didn't say build, but maintain just by training hard. As long as you recover, I, I've always been, this is why I'm so big on the intra stuff. I feel like if you could nail the pre and the intra part and then maybe a little bit of the post part, I feel like that's 80% of the game right there. Yeah. You know? Um,
1: I've always said the intra workout is the most, like if I could only take one timing for supplementation, I would make it to work out every single day. And I mean a full one, like a good carbohydrate. Right. Like a like biotest old plasma. Well. Yeah, right,
2: right, right. Like, right.
1: like if, if I could only have one supplement, because I really feel like I could do the rest of food.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. absolutely.
1: Um, and you asked, what's the difference between like training like for powerlifting and bodybuilding? Um, I don't know if you uploaded this video, but there's an old video a while ago, Dave Tate talking about the JM Blakely diet.
2: Oh, the, you know, the, secret, the, to the secret to gaining weight. Yeah, when you're looking I've at never, the pizza and you're putting yeah, olive
1: oil on it. I've never shown this video to Mike because I think he'd have a heart attack if you watched it.
2: <laughs> this guy was well known for going from like... The, 300 to 198?
1: Yeah, he would go from over the 308 plus class <laughs> down to 198, break a world record, go back up to the 308 class and get stronger there. He'd Insanity.
2: On, yeah, he'd yeah. put on
1: 100 pounds plus a year, take yeah. off 100 pounds plus a year. And, um, he was 100% only concerned with calories. It was it didn't matter the macronutrient, it was 100% calories. The, the, the diet was basically like just death. Like it was like McDonald's for breakfast. Um, it's very specific for what the breakfast was, but it was McDonald's for breakfast. Mm-hmm. For lunch, you had to eat Chinese food <laughs> until you threw up. And
2: you, <laughs> with MSG, yeah, you, it has yeah, to have MSG. Yeah,
1: you weren't allowed to go to the Chinese food yeah. without MSG, and then dinner was either um, a large progressive overload of
2: pizza Yeah, you know? right.
1: You would start with a large pizza and you would put every topping on it you could find olive oil. And when you could finish that, you'd go to an extra large. When you finish that, you go to an extra large with a small. And the whole thing was just <laughs> pushing calories as hard as possible. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's rocket science. My idea was you, you should eat like a bodybuilder. Like, I actually care about the macronutrients that you in your body. Um, which changed everything for me too, going from just calorie counting to actually like timing, every mm-hmm. workout. Timing. Yeah, right. But I really felt like, see, I've been doing this, I've been actually eating that way for probably about four years now straight. Yeah. And I've always had the worst anxiety about when I choose to move on from being competitive. What you just said is you said it was like you came out and you're free. I have no clue what I'm going to do <laughs> when I stop eating for training. Yeah. Because my, my, I think, one of the small things is like for powerlifting, I always know what my next session is yeah. and what kind of caloric needs that has. Like my heavy leg day on Sunday, every Sunday. All Saturday I'm concerned about it. And so like makes sense. I don't know. if, if Did you have like foods that you wanted to that you had under your mind that you wanted to get to, or like you just didn't think about it? Or?
2: For me, um I use the 90-10 philosophy, and um, I always I always wanted to, there were certain foods that I was going to eat, pancakes, waffles, french toast, and, like, you're not taking those out of my diet. Uh, as long as the other 90% is what we would consider clean, for lack of a better term, I, felt, I feel good eating that way, and I still eat that way. Yeah. It's less meals, but it's a, still the same principle, so, you know, um... I'm still having like my wife for dinner might make me chicken and guacamole and it's good food, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so it's not like I'm going and eating fast food all the time So but for breakfast, you know, I normally have two two eggs and two pieces of sourdough toast But if it's once a week, I'm probably gonna have a pancake with it one yeah. pancake and I post it So everybody thinks I eat it every day, but really it's only once a week Right. or like this morning I had some french toast it's the first time I've had French toast in probably three weeks, but I post it so everybody thinks I need it every morning. But so my point is, is like, I feel like, um, I feel like people do much better long-term if they just give their a little leeway, yeah. and if you can do that, if you go off the deep end, then there's probably some mental stuff that needs to be addressed beyond just eating. Yeah. There's probably something that's driving that behavior.
1: You talked about that in your diet book, and it was, it was like, if you're going to do this, do it around a workout. Do it at a time where you exactly. utilize it, and um, that's how I've always thought about it. And it's the same thing. I'll post. Like I, I told you, every before every heavy squat session, I go out for breakfast. I have a stack of pancakes. I don't have one pancake, but I have you know like three. But it's before I'm going to go Except so I feel like I'm really utilizing that food. And it just makes sense to me. I, and people talk a lot about your with food. Like I'm an
2: athlete. I'm utilizing it. I need the food. I think it's Well I, I can tell you one thing that is a pet peeve of mine and that's when people say that food is just fuel. It's way more than fuel. Um, it's a, it's a way to connect socially. If we were eating if we if we were eating right now together, it's a way to connect socially. Uh, you you go home tonight and you're eating with your family. It's you're connecting socially. If you look at like Hispanic cultures and Greek cultures where I really love their cultures where they sit down together and have dinner, so food to me is like it's not just fuel it's part of uh, experiencing one of the beauties of life it's part of a, it's part of a connection with other people and um, so it just drives me crazy on people like I'm like, so you don't ever like eat with your family or, well, yeah, I do, but what do you eat? Well, I just put my head down and I just eat you know I just eat my thing like mm-hmm. not talk I mean that's yeah it's um it's it, it, like for me obviously I'm big on longevity and part of longevity is enjoying what you do so with food I'm going to use it to socially connect even when I'm even when I was dieting my hardest my wife and I would still go out and have a dinner Friday and eat whatever we wanted i was seven, 42 meals a week 41 of them were good so i don't think that one meal is going to be do any damage right but it wasn't because i felt like i needed a cheat meal physiologically it was it was more of we're together as a family, we're doing something together. There's no need to isolate yourself and live this life where you're living in a closet. Um, and it made me happier. It actually helped me, it made me a better bodybuilder. I didn't win my pro card until after I had kids, after I was married and I started doing that stuff. And I think part of it was my mental state. And I think like, if you were to ask me what wrecks bodies quicker than anything, it's stress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's stress, that's what'll destroy a body quickly. And when my mindset became, it, it's not me against the world. It's it's us as a family. It's my friends. Like we're together. It helped me. It actually was a benefit to awesome. me. You know. That's
1: awesome. I I, I love that social aspect that you said. Mm-hmm. I think also at a very base level, we're chemically wired to want to enjoy some food too. Sure. Like, absolutely. Yeah,
2: there's nothing wrong with eating a food because it tastes good.
0: Yep.
1: Like, it's okay. Yeah, i Frank McGrath once said, like, if you're not suffering or you dieting, you're probably not going to do well. I remember like that is such a, I don't know. Like.
2: What you can, so you can suffer because I've suffered to get to the, the condition I got to. But once a week, I had that meal. Even though I was suffering, I still like, okay, I'm suffering, but I'm still going to have this time. I'm still going to do it. But you're so disciplined you know,
0: that you didn't fall off the, you know, go off the rails. Yeah, There's yeah. People that go off the rails though. Yeah, yeah. I
2: well, I, I mean, so one of the keys is doing it at night as your last meal. Yeah. You know, I've had people like say, "Well, I really want to use my cheat meal for breakfast." I'm like, "Okay," but that could lead to the whole day. Yeah. So I always did it, swear. It's Friday night, it's your last meal before you go to bed, so that you wake up. You know what happened a lot of times, and I know you've heard this before. I had my big cheat meal Friday night. I woke up Saturday and I was even lighter.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: This is the thing the beauty of the human body. Like people say it's it's all just hard math, but your body's really unpredictable. And so if it is all hard math, then explain to me how your caloric surplus resulted in you losing weight. Yeah. If it's that easy, then explain that to me. Yeah. Well, well, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, I, no 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 you lost weight. You ate more and you lost weight, so something well, the studies show that it takes multiple days of eating. There's nothing one meal can cause. Okay. Do all of those studies represent the situation that we have? Because I've read all the studies. I understand yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Are they duplicating the situation that we're in? No. Okay. Yeah. Well, then you can't blanketly say this, this stuff. It applies to us because that's, that's part of being a coach, too, is you got to understand... You know the, some of the basics on how physiology works, but then you got to understand that your body's unpredictable. And when you work with someone, you got to learn how they react. You know, I might be able to give Josh Wade 200 grams of carbs and he'll look better. I, somebody else, I'm not, I can't do that. Yeah. You know. And they they both are human beings, right?
1: Yeah. I was telling Michael I went to college with the tennis. So it's very boring. A lot of data, talking about. Most of your clients as a registered dietitian are going to be diabetic, elderly really people, very lackluster and stuff, it's not interesting. But i always enjoyed watching people like yourself where the environment, that the food's being put into, is a little bit more interesting. Like There's some more chemicals at play, there's more training at play, there's a lot, a lot of factors of stuff going on. And I found that super interesting to look at the extreme situations. Yeah. yeah like, oh, there's no. not a lot of science of what happens when you have all those I'm things. Gonna send the yeah. camera real yeah. So, what were we were talking about uh, earlier, you were talking about, like,
0: not having lost all that muscle mass. Wait, did you say that you yeah. were, like, sub-80 grams of protein or something? Like, probably yeah. two eggs. That's, that's, like,
2: my that's my breakfast, yeah.
0: My, my two-year-old daughter eats two
2: That's eggs. my <laughs> breakfast. That's my <laughs> breakfast every morning.
0: <laughs> well, was that your
1: breakfast when you were competing as well? Absolutely not. is no, okay. this is this, this yeah. right but now. an just... idea of how different it would be.
2: Um, when I was competing, my breakfast would be... In the off-season, it would be four to six whole eggs, and then probably a pretty hefty amount of oatmeal, maybe with some blueberries in it. Um, and then pre-contest, I would start pulling the yolks out, and going more to whites, purely just to lower calories. Not because the yolk is bad, I mean, just purely to lower calories. And that's when I did my famous uh, Arnold Classic Diet, which was basically egg whites and low-sugar ketchup. Um, I that video
1: of you in the limo. Yeah. So like, oh yeah that was this bad terrifying video of him after he made weight. that
2: was in vancouver yeah oh
1: sorry yeah yeah. yeah. That, that was
2: like, bad though
1: like he you made
2: 212. that right? was my first pro show and i had competed at 220 and won my pro card and i was very lean and you guys know i don't have a colon like i yeah. can't do some of their things that people do lose weight yeah it's i gotta suffer it off literally um yeah, it's pretty bad.
1: He's like, there's like this limo and there's like one light in the center. And like, he's talking and all of a sudden he like moves into the light. He's like, I made way and like his face is gone. Like,
2: <laughs> you know like who was holding the camera? It was Flex Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> he was holding the camera whole,
1: and everyone's laughing so hard because
0: you look like you're dead.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it was terrible. It was what good. percent
0: dead do you think you were?
2: I went, well, I so went down like, to, um, to
0: too like, were you, were you on the edge? I, or, w-
2: so I went down to the high state, uh, lab at high state in Columbus. And that's where I always had my body fat testing done because they would do the bod pod, you know, uh, they would do underwater. So they did air displacement, water displacement, all that. And I was 3.7 underwater. And they said that's the lowest reading they've ever had with any athlete ever. And that was like two weeks before the show. It's like the fat in your organs. In your and that's like, I, 3.7 underwater is uh, legit uh, lean. Yeah. And um, I think I, and so I, I remember the last 212 show I did I remember thinking you know what there's a chance I might die like doing this because like when I did the Tampa Pro I was in the sauna for six hours straight I would come out when I felt like I was going to pass out and I would pour cold water on my head and I would go back in there six hours and um, there's a there's a there's a picture of me in San Antonio and I'm wearing one of those um, bag suits and I went to the top of the it was August in San Antonio, Texas, and I went to the roof of the hotel and I sat up there and that was that was ten times worse than Asana. And I came back down and I weighed in and I was two two twelve point two. And I looked at it was Steve Weinberger and I looked at him and I was like thinking, please Steve, just give me point two pounds, please Steve. You're over, John. <laughs> So I went to the bathroom, I just sat there. He was like, just go use the bathroom, John. I was like, okay, I'll try, but I'm telling you, there's nothing in me. So I went in the bathroom, and I just sat there. Nothing happened. So I went back out half hour later because the weigh-in was ending. He said, look, John, just blow all your air out. I was like, that's an old wrestling trip, right? That's how we did it in wrestling. So I blew all my air out until I thought I was going to pass out. I lightly stepped on there. It was two twelve point zero. I jumped off. <laughs> but. That's how every time I made weight, it was it was like that. It was going to some extreme where, like, am I going to shut my kidneys down? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, probably not the smartest thing in the world.
1: Well, no, but when you get to that level of competing, you have to make decisions. And as someone who doesn't have a colon anymore, like...
2: Yeah, and that's what rehydrates you. Yeah. You know? And that's salt and water. So, people, you know... Are like, there any other
1: situations where you consciously made a decision about your health, because we see a lot of people becoming a lot more, it, like, for a little bit it was like cool to be edgy about drugs, and now thankfully like, it's been around where people are talking about being healthy while being on tier. like
2: talking yeah. about stuff.
1: Was there ever a point where you made a decision during an off season or competition off where you're like, this what I'm doing is dangerous?
2: It's I, there was, I Listen, I'd love to experiment. I mean, I love to experiment, and I tried, there was only a few things I wouldn't try. I would not try DMP. I never did that. I felt like, even for me, that's a little over the edge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried um, plasma expanding okay. one year with an IV because I heard that's what, I don't think I've ever told anybody that on camera, because...
1: Can you talk about what that is? is that I, right? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay.
2: So, there's things, albumin, and hespan, there's things you can put IV into you that are supposed to pull water out under your skin and into your muscle and the rumor at the time was chad nichols was doing that with ronnie coleman and i was like i'm gonna do it i don't want anybody to have an advantage over me so um it was the first year i ever did nationals it was weird man having an iv um, before nationals and for an hour i looked phenomenal and then an hour later i could literally see it all just go back to normal i was like son of a gun that didn't do anything for me I did it one time. It didn't work. And I was like, well, I can't just literally sit in a pump up room with an IV in, right? (laughs) That probably wouldn't be cool. I don't think it would go over too well with the NPC. (laughs) So I did it one time. Um, I always liked experimenting, but you know, when it came to dosing on different things, you know, people always, some people would always say, he's lying. He's not telling the truth. I never did a thousand grams of test in my life. I mean, I did some pretty, I won multiple shows just using Windstraw and nothing else. And if you tell somebody that now, they'll be like, no way, it's impossible. I never used growth hormone until I was already at the national level competing. I won my state title without using test. But what I did was I worked eight years natural because I was very anti-drug for many years. And as I I got educated on it, I thought, "Eh, this probably isn't as bad as people are making it out to be. So I really worked hard to get educated. And it was, there really wasn't much out there that you had the anabolic reference guide, if you remember that, um, and then you had the opposite of that. You had like the body opus series with Dan Duchesne, and I read all those. Um, and there was a couple more, and then Bill Llewellyn came out with his books. Bill, uh, Bill's a great guy, by the way, and he did a really nice job. So I was trying to educate myself. You know, oh, this is stuff. It helps, keto tipping, right? It helps Climbuterol work longer. So my next trip to Mexico, I'm gonna pick up some of that. So I would I literally would try everything, but I never like mega dosed anything. I just never felt like I needed it. Um
1: Shane's writings about some stuff was really interesting. Like at one point he was talking about taking like four grams of tests to overload the receptors to point where your body has to create new anabolic pathways. Yeah. It was all hypothetical.
2: Stric- strictly hypothetical, yeah. 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 <laughs> if it was
1: like this is kind of crazy to think like I don't know, like
2: you know, he was ahead of his time, but like the DNP and insulin combinations and things like that I'm like even for me that's like I don't know that I want to go there any like
1: advantage over just the
2: i I personally didn't like so I had a guy send me DNP once and it was the yellow powder right and I remember opening up the package and I remember my hands were stained yellow and I was like uh, I don't know how I feel about this. And I threw it away. That's why I never actually used it. it and then my then one of my friends was like, dude, you're an idiot. You don't have any problem with your conditioning. Why would you even consider that? And I was like, "But well, I just wanted to experiment. So I never actually did it. I threw it in the trash, and my hands were yellow for two days. So.
1: It also can explode. Like, yeah. Before it even goes to your body, it's
2: a part of dynamite. Probably not a good thing. Yeah.
0: If it yeah. heats up too hot in your old lamp, it explodes. Like, I don't want anything to do with any of that. stuff so anyway. Yeah, it seems like just different people have certain dosing thresholds and there's no way to know. I I don't know. I
2: always looked at it this way. If I'm using a small amount and I'm doing awesome, then I'm cool. You know why, you know, like in my liver enzymes, my ast ALT never was out of whack. My creatinine, my BUN was never out of whack. Those things are always normal. Um, the only problems I ever had was with my uh, hemoglobin and RBC, which is even if you're just doing HRT, you'll have problems with that for many people. Um, but other than that, man, my my numbers were always pretty pretty good.
1: I've always kind of found like we've had in this interview here, you know, parallels between training diet and then, I'm sorry. Like users talking a lot about required quality for training. Right. Like if you only need to train X amount of tonnage per week. You don't need to train any more than that because you're doing more work than you need to. Create enough training stimulus, recover from it, improve. And then if you can't improve from that, you can improve more. And it's kind of the same way we always do Supplements, drugs,
2: diet. Get the most out of the least is what exactly. I thought. Yeah. Because
1: next season, when you come back with a new plan, what are you going to do if you've already maxed out these things?
2: Sure. Again, and I think that's a, just a common sense, logical approach that um, people overlook, but yeah. to me, that's just like common sense. Like, why would you not give yourself somewhere to go? It's like the, it's like the guy who starts dieting in 12 weeks out and 12 weeks yeah. out, he goes, okay, I'm going to double, I'm going to add cardio. I'm going to add T3. I'm going to add Clint. I'm going to cut my cal- carbs down to zero. Like it's going to work great for four weeks. Mm-hmm. Then what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> you have nowhere to go. <laughs> you, go? <laughs> you have nowhere to go. You've played every single card you have. Yeah. <laughs> you have nothing left to play now.
1: There's, there's that big analogy it? It's have been using it like- your training creates a, a you're digging a hole and then you're- Right, digging a ditch. Yeah, you're digging a ditch and you just keep digging and digging and digging. All these sets are digging and digging digging. Your recovery needs to fill that hole back in. Just
2: to get back to even where you were. Yeah. Not even to progress.
1: Yeah. Right. Because if you're not building a mound afterwards, that's you're not creating a surplus, which you don't have any of the required calories to build new tissue. Yeah. Unless we're going to break thermodynamics here. Yeah, so- I, I've always been a fan of that. It's just logic. You know, I train hard I put food in my body and I recover.
2: and this is why I'm so big on intra and recovery because I'm also big on training hard but I realize that if, if you are going to train that hard then you better pay just as much attention to the recovery as you are for the stress yes. if they have to they have to you know balance out
0: yeah when, uh, so if you're like missing more meals than you used to are you sipping on aminos or even like nope. worried about
2: you Don't even think about it. Cool no. and,
0: and so talking about recovery, are you pretty, you're so disciplined, or you've been so disciplined and everything. How about your sleep? Like, do you have, like, phone off at 10 p.m.? You or know like what? Like
2: that? I, um, I've studied sleep a lot. I could really bore you with talking about the different sleep cycles and... and
0: well, um, well you No, know, no, we're interested in the John Meadows, like, yeah. what you're doing. Not yeah, not I, that I
2: never really had problems with sleep, um, unless I was... In the last month before I competed, then I had issues. But what I what I believed in was a body will get destroyed if you don't sleep. Mm-hmm. You could get into the increased ghrelin and decreased leptin and the hunger for sugar, and you can get into all that. But just the stress of not sleeping, I believe, makes your body look a lot worse. So, the non-negotiable for me was sleep before a contest. So, just to be truthful, I always took Ambien in the last 30 days. It's not good for your memory. Um, I can I can tell you, you every once in a while you might wake up on a couch and there's rappers everywhere. Like, what the hell happened last night? But um, so a non-negotiable for me was I gotta have sleep. And then when the 30 days was the four weeks before the sh- the show was over, I wouldn't take it for the other 11 months out of the year. And I never I never really had any problem sleeping, but I would turn this on like the blue light off, and I would you know shut the curtains. I'd try to black out the room. I would sleep. I try to optimize my temperature in my room between 63 and 67, to 68 degrees. Try to keep it in the that area so your body is more has more tendency to fall asleep. I mean, there's a lot of things I did to help with sleep, too. Like and those
0: are the things that we're hearing now. You're you're doing them. Yeah. Decades ago.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, man. I had. Um, I remember when I um, I got my first corporate job, and I, I didn't make much money, I had a little apartment, and I didn't have air conditioning, and, um, and I was competing, I was in my early 20s, and and it, in the summer it was brutal, it was brutal, and I just remember how physically bad I looked, because I couldn't sleep, I couldn't think, I couldn't sleep, I, and I remember thinking, there's something about this sleep thing that I got to figure out, because laying here at night and sweating, and then looking and feeling terrible the next day, so... I think that's common sense. I know the got
1: to guns, was Did you ever require a CFO?
2: I never did. I, I will say this, though. In 2000, I, I did go the route where I would, was doing the classical bulk up, and I used to get up to 260. Okay. When I got to 260, I would snore. Mm-hmm. So I was probably headed that route. Yeah. And I think if I would have stayed anything over probably 240, I think I probably would have needed it. But yeah. I, I ended up, what happened was I would get up to 260, but then, to get rid of all the fat I had built up, I had to kill myself on cardio and low carbs. And by the time I, I came back down, I didn't look any better. So then the next year I dieted from 250 and I looked, okay, I looked a little better. Then the next year I started my diet at 240. And you've got to realize at this time, all these coaches were saying, the bigger you are in the off season, the more muscle you're going to have. But, and so in my, it didn't make sense to me. but. So then I started, I remember for the 2004 Mr. North America, I remember starting my diet at 240, it was the first time in years I had been that light, and that turned out to be my best look, and I got fourth. So then the next year I started my diet at 235, and then the next year 232, and I just kept getting better because I didn't need to go as low in carbs, and I didn't cardio the muscle off my body. So the the look that I had was way better starting closer, and there's a lot of people that'll probably disagree with me on that. No, you gotta gain 30, 40 pounds, but there's a certain level of fat that you gain where you, you lose insulin sensitivity, you just create more inflammation. There's all kinds of bad, there's things that happen that you can, you can't gain muscle as fast. You actually put yourself in a situation where you can't gain muscles fast, particularly with insulin sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Because it can get really bad when you're really you're getting all this fatty yeah. tissue and your fat cells are built up. And I
1: think we're also talking about a certain threshold of wearing you water as athlete as well. Like the first 30 pounds you put on is not similar to the 30 pounds that you were putting on your right. right. You know, you were putting on, it was clearly not all the tissue. Right? Oh, it was right? a lot of fat. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> it was so a lot of fat.
1: So for someone who said, like, oh, I, I can put on 20 pounds of tissue if you can, we're not talking about the single thing here. Yeah. So I mean look, I think one of the <clears throat> I don't know, it's interesting. Back in the day there were not nearly as many pictures of people being posted in the offseason. Like we've seen those Polaroid photos of like Jay Cutler in the offseason
2: fat Chubby Cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> but like
1: there were people weren't on social media, people weren't posting stories yeah. in the nineties, like, it's just a little bit different. I think there's a lot of pressure these days too to pressure, pressure,
2: pressure. Yeah, you know, the, the truth is a lot of these guys that are really ripped, they just, they hammer chemicals year round. And I'm I'm pretty sure that in three to five years, you're going to see a lot of the the Instagram, the famous guys, I'm pretty sure you're going to see them having health problems and dropping off. That's my prediction right now.
1: Yeah. it's interesting, I mean, yeah. you can say this last 24 hours, the other people that we've seen that looked great for like 10 years. So I have to get a little bit wacky and a little bit unhealthy
0: after a little bit. So yeah, it creeps up. I. I yeah, the whole thing I've seen is societal, of course. Like the the sleep thing, getting back to that and everything. And, um, when I wear a constant glucose monitor, you can you notice. And I I, I, I talk to other doctors who wear CGMs and everything. And mm-hmm. it's not, if you've ever done it, you like the like biohack kind of like like you do. It's I totally recommend it. But there are doctors who are on call, um, just from the being stressed of being on call. They've been on call their whole lives. Their blood sugar is like 20 points higher. and everything. Cortisol. You, yeah, exactly. And yeah. so the, just seeing everyone with the lack of sleep that we're getting and that whole Instagram generation who's not sleeping yeah. its going to it's gonna catch up with you but sooner or later you can do it in your early 20s but right it's gonna get you I think I think one of the things I'm learning here is that I think you took care of sleep better than most people and I think that was more important than a lot of people realize it's not the glamorous sexy thing to talk about it's not the diet the pancakes you know the chemicals but the sleep seems to be more important in terms of where you are right now because you kept yourself together so that's just my like mm. thinking like right now what i'm kind of hearing here yeah, is yeah. an underrated thing that much more interesting but right. i know it's
1: when the recovery occurs mm-hmm.
2: yeah it's interesting because people talk about um like, oh, well, the the growth hormones released and, you know, REM. Actually, it's not. Actually, it's non-REM. I, I love studying sleep. I mean, yep. it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating topic. And, um you know. Your,
0: do you have a sleep stack for supplements? Or are you putting anything out?
2: Uh, I'm actually 50-50 on that. And here's why. Because what I find is people have such different reactions to different mm-hmm. uh-huh. sleep supplements. Some people feel great the next day, some people are in a fog. So, I don't want to ever put a product out where I put it out and I go. I hope this doesn't happen. Like I want to put out a product. I want to feel like this is like my recovery. I can look you in the eye and I can tell you this recovery is awesome. You're going to feel less sore. It's going to work. That's how I want to feel when I put a product out. And I don't know that I can do that with sleep products. So right you don't now.
0: want to put out a product that you know works for John Meadows, but forty percent of people might right. be crappy.
2: That's right. That's right. I don't
0: think I if it's necessary
1: either. Like once I I used to take a lot of sleep products, mm-hmm. and uh, once I started to optimize the situation and environment I was sleeping in, I felt like I needed it less. I still keep it on hand for bad nights when I need better sleep. Or
2: I, and I think less. that's the key. It's yeah. just... It's just if you need to do it every once in a while. I still take an Ambien like maybe once every three months I might just have one day where it's like I just for some reason I'm tossing and turning Or maybe I'll be traveling overseas and I might take a melatonin to reestablish it But to just rely on them and do them all the time um, There now there are medical needs where some people I've got some friends that are, have some medications that they have to take but I think most of us, if we just optimize all those things and those factors, you know, how you eat before you go to bed, the amount of blue light that you have, and then you wake up in the morning and if you can get out in the air, if you can get out in the sunlight for the first 20, 30 minutes, you reset your, you cement your circadian rhythms. Like, if you do all those things and then you still can't sleep, okay, then maybe we'll talk about some, some supplements that help. Yeah, after
1: I read Santa for the experiment, I okay, everything that he talked about for sleep it was like, I never needed to keep things on hand anymore. Like, I was, I chose 11 to 7 as my sleep schedule. And I hammered it for like two weeks to the point where I could do it without an alarm. My body would
0: fall asleep at 11. At 7, or a dot, I'd wake up. That's my Almost
2: exact time, too, by the way. Nice. I was oh. going
0: to ask if, yeah. if you have to wake up by an alarm, or if you are woken up by an alarm, you're underslept. That's like what I've been hearing around those circles and everything. Yeah,
2: and you're probably waking up in the middle of an REM sleep cycle because right. earlier in the morning is when it's less non REM it's more REM. So you've probably cut into the REM cycle, mm-hmm. which means you're probably gonna have some cognitive issues and things like that, where if you cut into a non-REM sleep cycle, that's more physical. Um, But all the mental, the cognitive stuff, that's the refresh in your brain and all all the resetting of your brain, all that stuff is the REM cycles. And yeah, it's like if you go to bed later, then you missed out on the non-RAM stuff. The, you know, it's it's heavier on non-RAM early, in the earlier phases. i a
1: quote that every hour before midnight is worth like two overall. That's why I chose 11, and I know it was, it was a very bro thought, but I kind of, I, even people, people who work like third shift and sleep during the day, or work like an overnight, sleep during the day, even if you get the full eight to 10 hours, these little problems
2: it's the quality the yeah. yeah well there's also the quality factor like it's you can't just go by the volume of sleep there's also are you waking up constantly because that's not the same qualities if you're you know right. you now so, so if,
0: if 11 is your like bedtime when's your when's your last meal When's the last
2: thing you well again I, have a rule? I that I do it but it's not what I tell other people to do it I like to eat a good big meal before I go to bed and I do like carbs I do you know, like Honestly, I'm only doing it though because I like to eat more at night. That I have no big <laughs> reasoning. I mean, I guess you could say serotonin, but that's a convenient excuse for me. Um, but I cannot sleep if I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. If I'm hungry, I, I will not fall asleep. It'll be three in the morning. If I'm laying there and I feel my stomach, I'm not falling asleep. I
1: can't, uh, I, I like to go to sleep with a full stomach.
2: Like, Absolutely.
1: I, just, like, I like to go. Yeah.
2: Full. That's a it's a good debate actually because people will say well the carbs will do things with your blood sugar that can wake you up and they are right it can yeah. happen but then you look at kind of the history of humans and eat and go to sleep it's like you can make a good argument either way so I just say well do what works for you right
0: you are in that CGM, you will notice some wacky stuff for me three a.m. crazy things happen and you, I don't know you don't wake up through it I'm like just woke up and I was like wow I went from ninety to sixty back to eighty <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things happening. You I feel like I good. have
1: good quality sleep when I go to sleep. When I go to sleep, go to sleep satisfied It's my my mental state. I in a good place. I feel good. I have a lot from eating carbs. And mm-hmm. I feel good. Yeah. I feel like my body is ready to sleep. It's happy. It's relaxed. Yeah,
2: it's and I'm not eating like a big meal. If it came across that way, it's a... It's a balanced meal. It's like maybe 20 grams of protein. It's maybe 30 grams of carbs and 10 grams of fat. It's something like that. It's not like I'm sitting here picking yeah. at it. It's just, it's so I'm not hungry. It's so I feel content. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like That's great. So, um, kind of a question for me to kind of grind things out for you. But, uh about it. So You've won your program right uh, here. Strictly athlete here. Uh, you know, it seems like in your, in your career, like in your corporate companies, famous that's it's great. But career-wise, you've done pro, you own your own company, you've done a lot of things that most people aspire to do and never do. What is left on your bucket list for John? Yes.
2: The next thing on my list. Um, okay, so I'm just going to tell you the first things that come to my mind. The first thing that came to my mind when you said that was my kids. Um, yeah. Like, I was, it's really important for me to leave a good legacy for my kids. I. This probably sounds silly, but I'm like obsessed with leaving a good legacy for my kids. Um, I, I I didn't have that. Uh, my, my grandmother, I had a great grandmother that raised me. I didn't, have a, I didn't have a real mom, I did, but she had a lot of problems, died at an early age. I never had a dad, I never met my dad. And there's always been something inside of me that said, I want my kids to know that they had a mom and a dad that cared about them, and I'm, I'm fortunate because my wife is awesome. But I want people, and I want people to tell my kids, like, man, your dad was a good guy, your dad helped people, he cared about people. That's kind of the number one thing in my life right now, to be honest with you. And if I can do that, I'll be happy. Um, And then I'd like to see my supplement company do well. It's funny, you know, I'm at the elevators here and I look and I see Diamond Ties, like I don't know what it say, like 1994 is when they started or whenever, whenever it was, I don't know what the exact year was but i thought i got i've only been in this for three years mm-hmm. you know so it's okay if this takes me five years or eight years or ten years it's okay i'm okay i'm okay with that as long as i'm doing it the right way and i'm proud of what i'm doing you know um so i think i really take a lot of pride in and granted and i'm really hoping in the next two years that People can see what I'm doing and they can say, you know, I want to support him. I want to support what he's doing. And it's been really cool, like, walking around the expo. A lot of people tell me, like, I love your products, but honestly, I just buy them because I want to support what you're doing. That makes me feel awesome. I mean, I want them to it's like thank the products. It's for all the
0: content you've put out. Just like yeah. sitting down what? with us and putting out yeah. these thoughts that other people are afraid to talk about sometimes. And, yeah. and that's that's the best thank you note of all. And, and you're providing a great supplement along the, along yeah. the way. So, yeah. yeah. So, it's kind of funny. Uh,
1: we talked about this a little bit of natural body. Like, you've been putting out videos, if not on your channel, with Muscular Development and whoever for a very long time. And I can't tell you how many times you've done quad training. Like you've done quad training with Evan Santapani multiple times. Like, yeah, you know, the content gets repetitive, but people will still open it up because it's like John Meadows. I want to, go and watch this. I want to see what he has to say. I want to support him. I, yeah. I think you definitely all the way. In it. Yeah. Supplements are a very it's, it's a competitive area. Sure.
2: It's very yeah. opinionated.
1: Like. Just off the bat, we talked about other companies that we think are doing things wrong with the pump. I'm sure there are other people that would say John Meadows is doing something wrong with
2: Absolutely. The pump. Uh, John Meadows doesn't have enough margin to make it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, sure I'm sure they say that. I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. Because I know as the company grows and we, I have some business partners that are really sharp, okay? They just took a, I hope they don't get mad at me for saying this, um, but they, a few years ago, they took a $30 million company to a $320 million company. Yeah. These guys are business animals. They're very sharp. But they're good people they have good that's hearts good. and that's and i love it so okay let, let us worry about our margins but um so i know i know what people say i'm okay with that yeah when we came out with our reactor everybody says too expensive nobody's gonna buy it people said you put too much you put, people, much, you put people said you put too much tea cream in it you can't flavor 100 milligrams of tea cream we were the first company to do that yeah now how many companies are trying to do it was, it. it
0: was there but that was by far the best raw tea or green flavored, and it I, I yeah. felt great. I know that you and know it was, And thing. it was yeah.
2: the old school tea or cream too. Yes, it was not the. yeah. Yeah, Go yeah,
1: yeah, was, I was in sea sea going here to launch an natural body <laughs> and it was like, there's not tea or green in here.
0: There's no way.
2: Yeah, like, and then six shit. hours That's later, you're still feeling it. That's the
0: thing, that was my first yeah, okay. like, <laughs> <like>, Whoa, that <laughs> large dose, and we had a wild time, yeah. Tea I yeah, loved it. it's it's very cool. I think overall, the industry is improving.
1: In a lot of ways, which is great for granted, because it makes room for people to appreciate and understand. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's cool to see you being a part of that move. Yeah. Yes, I mean, I, I, we talked. I spent a lot of times in Trial, Was there for almost four years, and day in day out, all you wanted to do was make people care about transparency and quality. Yeah. And four years ago, people didn't give a shit. people did not care. He
2: lived it, man. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for him, man. He lived it. I it even even his protein powder like, I mean it's down to, to every little. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for him. Yeah. yeah. So
1: it's it's cool to see because I think a lot of bodybuilders are it's either you're afraid to get into supplements because of how competitive and sometimes kind of cringy to see another bodybuilder opening up a supplement company. On the other side they're like way too hasty to get in because like I can make money doing that. So to see someone come in that has had that logical authenticity, otherwise come in and do it again. It's it's impressive. I'm
2: happy that you're doing it. It's fun, man. It was some fun last year, Um, but it's been fun this year. Super excited. And um, you guys know when you ask me questions, I'm always going to just tell you straight up. (laughs) Even if it's
0: about firing people. Yeah, (laughs) that's where it goes. That's where it goes. That's what we like. And that's what's great about having this forum, you know, because it's not like just quick magazine articles. Now you can really do the deep dive and people will listen and you have so much knowledge that you're able to share. You don't even realize that like 1% of your knowledge is just so much to us. And so we really appreciate having you sit down and just giving us that little piggy's (laughs) worth of it because it's it's not out there but it's getting out there because of you know forums like this and yeah. people listening to podcasts and it's you know you have the short-term instagram small you know quick hitters but yeah you gotta do these these deep dives yeah a while. yeah so well, so headlines saying that john used plasma <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey,
2: check out what meadows did yeah i've never ever lied about anything chemical related man it's like, yeah, it like
1: that,
0: that video it was like the first time we put it on tour walking around they were like. Was in, I
2: who was that was in California. California. So that was. You know,
0: we got yeah. cut off here, but yeah, I, w- I was just yeah. asking, like, about so your manufacturing. You might be jumping around, or not jumping around, but well, like, looking
2: at some. Yeah. Manufacturing is, um, it's tough because you got to find um, people that can deliver when they say. They might tell you you'll have a new batch in eight weeks, and it takes them thirteen weeks. In the meantime, you ran out of product, and you're hurting. Yeah. So we're in. Um, we're uh, working. So we, we have a Canada deal that we just landed. And we were looking into Canadian manufacturing just for that business. And there was a company that was in Canada that's now in New York. Do you know who it is? Can you guess? Starts with an N.
0: No, wait. I am uh, I'm not as tied into every. Oh, I'm tied into it. So
2: um,
0: we're two like two steps away. But
2: these, so these guys, um, we were so impressed by everything they were doing. We we're like, hey, wait a minute. Do you mind making us some of these stuff here for America too? Like, you guys, these guys are doing a nice job, and they're, they're. You know, here's what we do with this product. Here's how we blend this. Here's how we test this. So we, what I try to do is I try to have two manufacturers. We have. Um, um, we have Leaf out in California. They make us some of our, some of our stuff. We have Catalyst in Georgia make some of our stuff. Um, we've talked to Primark. We've talked to those guys. But now we've got these guys in New York. So um, we just want fair pricing. We want good terms, and we want people that we, we know there's not going to be another guy like me that shows a, a test result and it's not what you think it is. Like you know, how bad would that look for me, right? So. Um, but yeah man and, and you know we use we use multiple manufacturers um and they know it that's cool yeah you know, they know problem. it you know i think
1: there's a good i mean you want to have a good relationship with your manufacturer but you also want to have a little bit of pressure on that do they they know you're testing it and they know you can go somewhere else you know i think yeah. that's, that's a good part of the relationship a little bit of fear but there's a mutual understanding that we're doing the best thing
2: for the well if people. i only have one manufacturer they can very easily tell me i know because it's happened I know we told you you're going to have an 8 weeks but we can't get this one ingredient or the or the the facility and so and so burned down. I've heard every excuse you can think of. And I'm like, seriously, do you really think I believe that? You like you you knew we were going to need this ingredient. Like seriously, you can't get isomaltos, like a carbohydrate. You th- really think I believe that? So when you, like you said, when you have another manufacturer, it's like, eh, maybe we shouldn't make up stories, you know? yeah. or maybe we should actually hit our deadlines when we say, yeah. they don't, they're not happy with us when we don't pay on time, right? We gotta hit our deadlines. You gotta hit your deadlines. It's, so it's it's teamwork. Um, so anyways, yeah. Cool.
0: That's great. All right. Well, thanks for answering those yeah, questions. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Thanks for everything, John. Get Absolutely, it. guys. All right. Cool. We'll catch you on the next time. But yeah, you can check out the uh, the Granite Supplements alerts on slash granite supplements and sign up because it sounds like you got some new stuff coming out. So we uh, Ben and I hope to cover it. So thanks again, John. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So as cool. soon as we got our protein powder and our stuff awesome. in, man, I'm happy to send you some. Nice. nice. So the, the protein, we got one flavor of salted caramel that's insane.